Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 224. It's uh, June 15th, 2015. My guest today is Mike Grogan. He's a returning guest. About two years ago, he was on the show in episode 182. We were talking about the work he was doing at the time in Tanzania, uh, teaching and coaching uh, lean in healthcare in a, uh, a clinic there. Um, really interesting story of Mike's, and you can go to leanblog.org slash 182 um, to find that episode. But today, you know, we're talking uh, about a number of things, including how Mike's work wrapped up in uh, Tanzania. He's uh, moved on and is doing some other things. Um, but we're going to talk about mentoring, the mentoring relationships that he had in Tanzania, what he learned about mentoring, what he learned about lean and about himself along the way. Were there any mentoring failures that he's experienced? And then Mike had suggested that we have as much of a conversation uh, about mentoring as just a, an interview instead of an interview. So uh, Mike had asked me to share some of my reflections about being mentored, about mentoring. Uh, I think it's a good conversation. It's uh, about a 50 minute episode today. So I know it's, it's uh, a bit long, but hopefully uh, it's, it's helpful and we would love to hear what you have to say about mentoring. If you'd like to leave uh, a comment or share your story, uh, come to the website when you can, leanblog.org slash 224. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, thanks for listening. Well, Mike, it's great to talk to you again. And I want to thank you for being a returning guest on the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Mark. Thank you. So it's been, gosh, I can't believe it's been over uh, 18 months, almost 20 months since we talked uh, for the uh, podcast episode 182. And I would encourage people maybe to go back and listen to that episode, leanblog.org slash 182, um, where we talked about your work in uh, Tanzania. And I was wondering if you could kind of you know recap, I guess, what's, what's happened uh, since then. Um, you know, you've wrapped up your work there, if you can give listeners uh, kind of an update into uh, what's been happening. Sure. Well, it's an extremely exciting time for CCBRT. That's the healthcare organization that I worked for for two years in Tanzania. I have since left, so I spent a total of two years as the full-time lean coach there. And they are continuing to pursue on their lean journey, so it gives me I look back with extraordinary pride of of what the organization has done in initiating the journey and how it's continued to pursue it. So in terms of my role there, I guess I had two primary roles. I was to initiate the transformation and ensure that when I left, which has happened now, mm -hmm. that it would continue to grow without me there. And I'm delighted to see that um, it, it will continue to grow. So they've hired a full-time replacement and a man that I believe is going to achieve even greater things than I. They have uh, formed relationships with lean coaches from around the world, in particular the Tedicare Center for, sorry, Tedicare Center for Healthcare Value. Mm -hmm. um, we currently, right now as we speak, there's a, a lean coach from Lehigh Valley volunteering there, and they've reorged redesigned the organization so they now have a dedicated team made up of five people that is supporting the lean initiative so it's it gives me extraordinary pride 
to see how much they've really taken this to heart and that they are serious about using lean thinking to grow the organization. Well, that's, that's great to hear. And, and it, and kind of alludes to, you know, what our main topic is going to be later on, uh, you know, the idea of mentoring that I think, you know, great coaches or consultants or mentors, um, set people up, uh, to be successful. You're, you're teaching them how to fish, if you will. So curious if you have any thoughts about, you know, what, what your approach was over your two years there to set them up to be able to continue. Sure. I guess the, I have do, I've been doing it, I've spent two years there. I recently finished um, about five weeks ago. And I've been reflecting on, of course, the obvious questions, what went well and what didn't go so well. And, but if we were to highlight the things that did go well, it was some of the mentoring that I was directly involved with. In particular, I recently wrote an, an article about um, Dr. Brenda DeMello. So me and Dr. Brenda, we were together on our previous podcast, Mark. So our relationship is something, uh, our work relationship, that it was extremely effective in seeing her grow into becoming probably the organization's leading lean thinker, in, in, my, in my opinion. So I have done a lot of reflection on mentoring was, as a, was a key fundamental element of the lean transformation in CCBRT for, for sure. Now, how would you summarize some of the, the results, at least, you know, for, for those first two years? Um, what, what improvements were made? Were, were they measurable uh, performance improvements in, in certain dimensions? Sure. I always look at results from two categories, which, are, of course, are interlinked. And that's the visible results, the measurable piece, and the invisible results. So to talk about the visible, some of the visible results that are achieved... Um, numerous small improvements were initiated across the organization. So to give an example, I've seen teams uh, reduce cycle times of, of, of documentation process by 50%. I've seen teams work on safety initiatives to reduce the risk of nurses getting infected in, in the removal of hospital waste. I've seen other teams uh, re significantly improve reporting times. So CCBRT is, a, of course, a healthcare organization in Africa and has got about 40 donors, uh, partners around the world that are helping their initial efforts. And, of course, they have to need to be accountable to the, their services so they uh, complete these reports. So that re reporting process, I've seen teams significantly, like by in one case, by three or four days, just take out the non-value-added waste in that process so they can spend more their time on more effective things. So many, many um, visible wins and measurable wins were uh, documented and achieved in, in the organization over the two years. Well, that, that's great. And it, it you know, kind of goes to show the power of lean, this, this sort of balanced set of objectives where I think sometimes people think, you know, lean, you know I hear people say this, lean is uh, you know, only about cost or that it's only about flow. And, and, and you, you described what I always kind of point out as the two main pillars. It's about improving flow or reducing cycle time and improving improving quality and safety at the same time. And you know, if you do that, cost reduction follows. So I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear you know, that that you took that that broader kind of more balanced view, if you will. Right. Yes, I'm, and I'm very fortunate that I had support and mentorship myself that to help me with that my own thinking. Because just like many of our listeners in my early days on my own lean journey. I was still grasping what 
lean and it's, even still today it's still truly grasping what is the real meaning of lean what is it is about because I know there's a lot of companies who totally incorrectly look at this as cost cutting which mm-hmm. is fundamentally r- wrong um, and it's yeah it's not going to give you the long term benefits with real that real lean can in working with with Dr. Brenda let, let's maybe transition to talking about how you know some of those uh, results and, and the the immeasurable benefits, which you know I agree. You know it's it's not always measurable. Um, you know, and working with Dr. Brenda, maybe talk about the approach that you you took with mentoring. This is something, and I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes. You wrote a nice piece together with her in uh, on the Planet Lean website about mentoring. So maybe you know, can you describe in general what, you know what was the approach that you took? How did you establish that mentoring relationship with her? Okay, so maybe just as a to give our, our listeners just an idea how far Brenda um, developed as a lean thinker. When John Toussaint from the healthcare center came to visit us for a week, he only spent ten minutes, ten or fifteen minutes, with Brenda talking about what well, Brenda explaining to him the work that she has been doing in continuous improvements. And then later that day, our CEO asked John, in terms of how can the organization grow further essentially looking for John's advice and John turned our CEO and said how can we make more Dr. Brenda's mm. and that was just from his very brief observation to see that how she's developed into a lean thinker and it makes me extraordinarily proud that I had a small piece to play in that so Brenda is and I state this in the article and our listeners can hear her voice in episode 182 but she's long before she heard of me or heard of lean she was. She's an extraordinary individual. She is a total. She's an outlier and an amazing woman to work with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, I've never in my life met someone so passionate for the mission of the work she is doing, and not just the mission of the organization, but almost at a higher level, her own calling on this mission. So, to explain the work that we're doing here, well, in particular, the Brenda is doing, not necessarily me, but it's reducing maternal and new newborn death rates within Tanzania. So Tanzania, unfortunately, has got a, a one of the highest death rates for mothers in in the world. Mm. Um, sh- shocking statistics, we won't go into the detail, but uh, 154 women every week uh, are estimated to die in the, in the healthcare facilities and outside the healthcare facilities enjoying childbirth or as a result of mismanagement childbirth so to see Brenda so passionately committed to that work it was extraordinarily inspiring for me to to say to myself what can I do to set this woman up for success how can I help this woman this hero who's in the front line how can I help her um, become more effective and efficient Mm -hmm. so essentially that was the question that motivated me throughout this journey with um, Brenda. Yeah. Well, let, let, me, let me just interject for, for a second, sorry. But um, no, I think you, you raise a really important point where I think as a mentor, there, there's, there's got to be some connection that pulls you in because mentoring is uh, an, an investment of, of time and you know, you're, you're, you're building a relationship with someone that you're mentoring. And yeah, I think and maybe this sounds really obvious, but it's got to be something you want to do. I think a lot of Corporate mentoring, for example, is maybe like, well, you've been assigned to mentor somebody. There's, <laughs> there's not that sense of, of connection that, that you described so nicely about, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're meeting Dr. Brenda. It seems like that 
you know, you, it's somebody you are impressed with and you want to help them. And, and it's just kind of as, as as we you know have done in kind of our pre-reflection before this this podcast, um, I've been thinking about, well, you know, I think the people I'm mentoring are people that that in some way that I care about. And I think that's important. Oh, I 100% agree, Mark. I 100% agree. So sorry, I didn't mean to, to sidetrack you from... No, no, thanks, yeah, thank you for that introduction. I, okay. I That was a good observation. So it was definitely... Connection was, is, the, uh, I believe, uh, in my opinion, the, 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 the secret ingredient, if you will, to successful mentoring relationships. So to go back to your original question in terms of what did it look like, well, it took a, over the two years, it took various, um, it looked like, how do you say, from one-on-one to observing her, so one-on-ones discussing pressing problems to actually going go into the facilities with her and to see how she works with her other colleagues, to see her and lead team meetings mm-hmm. and to spend many, many conversations both inside of work and outside of work reflecting together. I, I always was hesitant of the label mentor because it kind of, well, I, I really feel and I, I, to this day that I've learned more from this woman that, than I have given back to her. And I feel that it was co-learning together. Mm-hmm. Um, her empathy and passion and commitment and humility and hunger to learn was something I so admired that I, were, I, I could see myself improving as a, well, not just a professional, but as a, as a human being. Yeah. I could see myself growing because I'm spending time with this amazing woman. So it was definitely, even though I get the label of mentor and she gets the label of mentee, mm-hmm. uh, it's it was co-learning 100 percent co-learning yeah and i i agree you know that um i I think of there's uh uh somebody that i've had you know kind of an ongoing mentoring relationship with um friend of mine from uh, a children's hospital and you know he reached out and initiated you know the idea so i'd like you to mentor me and so you know we do a phone call about once a month and and we have these ongoing discussions but part one of my reflections, like you said, is that you know I I think the best mentoring relationships uh, are, are mutual uh, mentoring, mutual learning, where you're able to give feedback um, to each other, and it's not just you know kind of a you know a, I don't you know I don't know top down um, yeah passing on my wisdom to, <laughs> to the mentee. You know you you learn things I think directly from that person who's asked you to mentor them and you're learning about yourself. I think if you're reflecting, like, am I asking good questions? Am I, am, am I giving um, thoughtful feedback? Am I, you know, I, I think one of the things I try to avoid through, through mentoring and a lot of my you know, paid consulting is more like mentoring than, than anything. I, I try to step back and say, wait, Oh, wait a minute. You know, I'm fighting that habit of giving, you know, that, of giving people answers and mm. say, wait a minute, I'm giving them answers instead of asking them to think. And, you know, and I, I learned about some of my own thought patterns and habits just uh, in, in the course of doing that mentoring. So I, I, I agree that, you know, that mutual learning is, is probably the ideal situation. That probably that's one of the things that adds energy to keep a mentoring relationship going, I think. Yes, I would 100% agree with you. It uh, always has to be win-win. It's never just one way street. That's definitely not mentoring in my, if that's the case. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, did you have other 
reflections, um, any any you know thoughts looking back now at that mentoring relationship? Are there things that you would have done differently? Um, yes. So if I were, so Brenda was my outlier. So she was my most successful working relationship of my career. And when I looked at the the success that I've had with Brenda or in terms of Brenda developing into this link and continuously developing into this amazing leader, I started to obviously reflect on where I've worked with leaders but not been able to get to that level of success. So there has been gaps in my own ability to to reach the, the potential I could have had with other leaders, both when I worked in the U.S. and, of course, recently in Tanzania. So I have a few, <laughs> I have a few observations. Of course, we kind of smile. We don't say the word failure, but there is gaps in terms of, ah, oh, I wish I could have done that better. For, like, for example, I really believe that sometimes that I didn't have the courage to give these leaders the feedback they needed to hear. And I would highlight that as an example of me not showing them respect. Um, respect for people is about giving the, is well, well, this topic that's talked about, but an example of it is when the feedback is needed to be given and to be give the feedback, even though if it's not feedback they may want to hear. And I, I in the past, I can, I can think of occasions where I have not had the courage to give the feedback. So that's one of the, um, the things that I look back in in terms of my own gaps. And other gaps would include not connecting more. Um, what met me and Brenda's success, we connected so much. I, you know, get to know the person behind the the title of manager. Mm-hmm. So whatever job, t- job title they are in the organization, or who is that person behind it? Who, what is their hopes? What is their dreams? What is their fears? What is their passions? Getting to know that person. And I feel many times that I went straight to business, <laughs> mm-hmm. went straight to shop talk without actually that human touch piece. No, I think that that's that's an important reflection of getting to know the person. I think that's one of those things that, again, I think sustains the mentoring relationship. Where I think about uh, Brian, who, who's uh, uh, the, the guy that you know, I have these month, monthly, roughly monthly phone calls with. And we've been doing this for you know for a couple of years. Um, the fact that, yeah, I mean, we 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 do chat and catch up, and we're we're not close friends, but we I think we we know each other and our personalities well enough where it's not just um, transactional, that, uh, that, that the connection to the person, I think for one, it's, it's important to understand the whole person. I think that's, that's part of respect. Um, you know, w. w. Edwards Deming in his books talked about psychology and the need you know, for managers to understand their individual employees and, and to treat them as individuals. Um, mm. you know, I think that that's important for you know the, the mentoring relationship is not just technical questions like I'm trying to calculate the size of a Kanban bin. Am I using the right formula? Like that that's not mentoring, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, I I see myself when I look back in the past of having fallen for that trap. Like I remember, for example, my own one of my colleagues came late to a meeting, and they're obviously in a distressed state. And the first question. I give it to them is okay. Here's what you missed out in the meeting. <laughs> yeah. You know, r- rather than ask, "Hey, was everything okay?" It turns out there was a traffic accident. They weren't involved, but they were stuck on the highway. But just mm. th- that's one tiny example of 
ways to actually just you know care more about how the people are than what they're doing. Well, and I think I'm, I'm reminded also of the uh, the TWI training within industry approach, where the first step in sitting and, and training somebody is you know to to put that person at ease, and, and maybe that's a good tip also for mentoring to make sure, like you said, if somebody is in you know, uh, a, a frazzled, stressed out state of mind, uh, you know, maybe you decide to, well, for one, either to, to talk about that and, and be there for that person, or maybe the uh, decision is, well, you know, let, let's reschedule our, our mentoring until one or the both of us are in, you know, a calmer exactly. state of mind, perhaps, right? Exactly. And that's where I've missed in the past. So what, what I learned from, I think, from Stephen Covey, you know, there's a time to teach, and there's a time not to teach. And it's wisdom knowing the difference. Mm. And, and a lot of the times where the time was not right to give feedback or the time was not right to have a teaching moment. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you open up your mouth and when you, exactly as you said, you know, step back. Hey, now is not the time. And, yeah, many, many examples. Yeah. Now, looking back, let me ask you a different question. You know, looking back in your own career, and I, I'm willing to reflect on this too. And you know, for the listeners, you know, normally I, I, I interview my guests and I try to have them do all the talking. Uh, Mike had suggested in advance, let's have this be more of a conversation. And um, you know, so he asked me to share some reflections too. Um, but the the question I would have for you, Mike, is you know, in in your own career and you know, in earlier steps along the way. Um, you know, who, who's been an effective mentor to you? How was that helpful? What are some of your reflections about the things that they did that, that, that led them to be effective mentors for you? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think two guys jump out of my mind straight away. Um, Eric Hager, who, was, who you know, who's a, a former Toyota guy. And I'm so blessed that for two years, Eric poured into me. And really helped me deeply understand what real lean was about. And another mentor of mine, uh, Gordon Jonas, actually, it's one of my motivations for doing this podcast is for Gordon because unfortunately Gordon passed away, um, tragic, well, tragically too soon at the end of last year. And he really, as someone who poured into me as a mentor, kind of really made me reflect on, okay, what. How can I possibly thank my mentors? There's so many people, even going back as far as my parents, my educators as a youth, so many people who have blessed us with their knowledge, their wisdom. Uh, how is the best way to pay them back? I think there's not enough words in, the, in our language to say thank you, but in really for the mentors that are both living and have passed away, I personally believe that the best thing that we can do is to hope, pass on the torch. You know, the secret to living is giving to kind of what how your mentors poured into you, Mark. Possibly the best way you can express your gratitude to them is probably not with all our thank you letters, which it, it is appreciated, but really it is seeing them grow and seeing them pass on the teachings, pass on the knowledge, wisdom mm -hmm. to the next generation if, if we want to be dramatic. And yeah. when people ask me my proudest moment in my career, it's been watching it's not been mentoring Brenda per se, it's watching Brenda mentor others. It's, and it's, I know that for my mentors in particular, Gordon and Eric, who've poured into me, I know what makes them proud will, will be me passing on 
whilst they learn to me and see me grow as a professional. So that's that's something that I learned from my mentors of what really is important. Yeah, and Eric um, was with Toyota in uh, Cambridge, Ontario. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. How, how did you cross paths with him? Because you you weren't working there. Uh, you you were working in Philadelphia previously, right? Yes. So I worked with Merck Company for about eight years in the UK and the US. So uh, Merck, just like a, big, a lot of big pharmaceutical companies and a lot of big multinationals, they're trying to figure out what this lean thing is. So they, <laughs> I'm smiling here, not to be disrespectful to no. my former employer, but they hired in some great um, consultants uh, from Toyota and from other world-class companies. And I'm, I feel one of, the, one of the best things happened to my career journey is to have someone, not just Eric, there's been a few others, with a deep understanding of what TPS, what real lean is about. And I was chosen, I feel feel kind of uh, spiritual now, but I was one of the few few folks that was chosen to be be mentored by Eric. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that's fundamentally this day changed my thinking. Well, that's, that's great to hear. And no, back, back to your chuckle about big companies still trying to figure this out. I, I chuckled the other day. I was at a lean startup event in Austin and um, Eric Reese was talking about Lean, lean Startup and he, he made a comment about uh, the roots of, of, of lean thinking that's now in, in, some, in, in the startup space, the roots being in lean manufacturing and, and, and Toyota and you know, kind of honoring and recognizing the people we've all learned from and been inspired by. And you know, Eric does a great job of of, of saying, hey, you know, I didn't invent all this. You know, it comes from Toyota, but you know, he made, <laughs> but he made a comment, and it, it made me it made me chuckle a bit. He said something like, "Well, yeah, you know, in manufacturing, these ideas were at once seen, at one time seemed uh, crazy, but now it's been you know it's been fully accepted, and everyone's <laughs> late." And I'm thinking, "Oh no, dude, not really. You know, not really." <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, if I if I'd been on a panel with them, there would have been a you know a good chance for me to to jump in. But I you know I think yeah, it's easy to overstate that oh this has become the new norm in manufacturing and and we're not just picking on uh, any one manufacturing company here. That's it's still a challenge and there's still a need for for people like Eric or you know mentoring, learning, <laughs> helping people figure out what lean means as as we all continue to figure it out, right? Exactly, and that's all around the world. Even the Philippines, where I'm living now, I see total misconception of what this is about, and that's that's the norm. Yeah. So there's a lot of more work to do. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm thinking back. You know, when you talk about people who mentored you, you know, I was kind of just recalling, you know, people that I worked with. It's going to be 20 years ago now uh, that I graduated from college and started working at General Motors, and for all the things that I could, you know, criticize about. General Motors in 1995, um, I, I had some amazing mentors within General Motors. Some of them were people that GM had hired in from Toyota suppliers to, to try to, you know, kind of to teach about lean. And then, you know, I was also mentored by, you know, I think back, you know, there was one one guy, Glenn, who was probably in his 50s and you know, he, he had been a production supervisor uh, at GM for the longest time, but you know, I think he had been exposed to some of the Deming thinking, and and he was definitely different than the other production supervisors, and and he mentored me a lot, not just about 
well, you know, here are the things that we're trying to do. But, you know, here's what you need to understand about the 30 year history of this place <laughs> we're working in. And, you know, you know, we always did it in a respectful way. It was never like, you know, hey, Mark, you young punk, let me, you know, <laughs> no, but, you know, he was trying to be um, very helpful. And so, you know, that mentoring um, was incredibly helpful. And then I had, you know, another mentor in the plant who had graduated uh, from uh, the, the Leaders for Manufacturing program at MIT. And, and he mentored me a lot. And while, you know, I thought about, I knew I wanted to go back to grad school. You know, I grew up in the Midwest and, you know, MIT would have probably just never been on my radar. I just, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought about it or I would have thought, oh, I can't get into MIT. And, you know, I think part of his mentoring was, so I think, you know, I think back to, you know, Glenn was, was, you know, teaching me and helping me understand how that place worked and how I could navigate it. And, and so the guy, Steve, did a lot of that and teaching me about lean. But I think he also played, I think this is an important role for a mentor. He, he opened my eyes to new possibilities and he told mm -hmm. me about MIT and he said, I, I think you should look into that program. I, I, I think you can do it. You would you would really thrive there. And so, you know, that, there was that positive push to try to get me to do something I might not have thought of or might not have uh, thought was possible. So that's I think maybe that that's another really important role of uh, of a mentor. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I I, I, I always, sometimes I, I challenge in some of the classroom trainings I do on this subject, I ask people the question, OK, look back. Write down the names of people if, if from your career, even from your childhood, that have poured into you. What do you want to call them? Lit, teachers or mentors. But what comes out, the common element in each one of the relationships is you knew that that person cared about you. Yes. And it links me back to that quote from John Maxwell or... Theodore Roosevelt, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make an assumption here. I want you to verify that if you look back at your mentors that's poured into you, just like I look back, one thing that they, they have all in common, I knew without doubt that they did care for me. Yes. And that had a huge impact. When, when I pass on that care, and it, it, it becomes co-care. We both, for example, talk about Brenda, she... Um, I cared about her development, and in turn, she cared about me. And it it was really, it, it's just something, something beautiful to see evolve. That this, um, and it really tell my big learning point that the the real heart of lean <laughs> is respect for humanity, is yeah. respect for people, is care for people. That is the absolute heartbeat of lean. Yeah, and well, and we and we talk about you know the the manager as coach and teacher. Um, that that's. A really important piece of that and even thinking back to gm and 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 you know people who mentored me you know somebody is a you know somebody you know you have a manager and that manager may or may not be a mentor i've had managers who are mentors um i've had some managers who who were not so you know the company assigns them to be the manager they have to choose to be a mentor yes that's a very good distinction and, and someone can choose to be a mentor even if they're not uh, a manager, and I think back even back to those GM days. There was a you know, executive who was fairly high up in GM powertrain who had 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 come to the plant and was was doing kind of you know special projects in education. This was really more around uh, theory of constraints and the uh, the Ellie Goldratt stuff. And mm. you know he 
we 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 crossed paths and and he took an interest in in me and and like you said i mean i was i was impressed that somebody you know he he was a great mentor and we we've still kept in touch um he chose to take interest in me he he chose to to care when he didn't have to and and, and i think that's um you know it's just that that makes you feel good when when somebody is willing to do that for for whatever their reasons are right yes it does make you feel uh, very blessed and and it almost creates this um i'm not going to let this down this person down mentality yeah i know when uh, i kind of can imagine well i'll just make an assumption for you that when you saw that this guy actually even though there was no direct uh, reporting relationship mm -hmm. the fact that it motivated you even more to kind of um really yeah. applied some of the material that he was teaching you yeah and then you know he asked me you know to help teach him you know kind of when i went to mit um you know he he asked you know for you know he wanted to learn at least you know summaries or high level it's not like he was creating additional homework for me but you know he he was you know i think sincerely interested in what i was learning at mit and what were the topics and that was a it was an opportunity uh, for for me to to try to, to to give back and 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 it was sincere interest and and you know but I think it was it was that opportunity for some mutual learning. Um, exactly. But one, one other thought that comes to mind, you know, I think we you and I have agreed here that somebody has to choose to be a mentor. I, I think at the same time, someone also has to uh, choose or give permission to be mentored, to be the mentee. So I'm curious, um, you know, to hear some of your thoughts uh, about, let's say, whether it's Dr. Brenda allowing you to mentor her or uh, or others you've worked with. How do you think that's part of the dynamic? Mm, I've got a controversial opinion on this that, that I want to share with you. So my opinion is that the mentor should take 100% responsibility for the relationship. So that they should create the circumstances for the mentee to give permission. So, and the reason I'm so insistent on that, because I've seen myself included, I've pointed myself first, and others blame the mentee rather than look at themselves. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm going to steal the phrase that Eric and others in Toyota use, you know, if the teacher hasn't taught, the student mm -hmm. hasn't learned. Or my favorite, <laughs> there's no such thing as a bad student, only bad teacher. And I, I, I've just seen so many times where, let's say educators, let's call us, have just say, well, no, that's the student's fault. Whether that be in our children's education or whether it be in, in healthcare, in manufacturing, in manager relationships, we blame the person rather than kind of look at ourselves. So my mindset is to focus on self. And I think that, and the mentor, that has, will lead to more effective outcomes in creating the conditions where the mentee will give permission and open up. Mm -hmm. So I, I wonder, what, what's your thoughts on? Well, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, the, the the teacher has responsibility to make sure the student can learn. If the student's not getting it, maybe you're not explaining it well. Maybe you're not setting context. Maybe you're not helping them learn uh, on their own as opposed to you just throwing information at them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think... Let me, let me, you know, talk through two scenarios. You're, you're helping me, you know, think, think through this. Um, 
you know, one thing that I've tried to do, um, not not to the extent that that you have, and I I'm I'm, I'm probably embarrassing he you here, but I, I I deeply admire, you know, the fact that you know that you spent two years working in, in Tanzania. I've never done anything to that level of of commitment, but I I have tried to give back by doing you know pro bono work, um, you know, consulting or mentoring with non a couple of different nonprofit organizations, and you know I think of. Uh, you know, I'm 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 a, a fairly consistent variable in in two different attempts at this. One uh, was a uh, organization in Fort Worth where I lived previously, where um, we kind of discovered an opportunity where they, you know, the, this organization had a formal quality policy that they needed for their nonprofit accreditation, and in this policy, it said all the things that we would kind of recognize as you know continuous improvement and. You know, but you know, we, and we were talking about this, and discovered this opportunity where they didn't know how to make that goal a reality. And I had mm. some things that I could teach and help them with. And you know, so they they you know, we discovered that connection. They invited me in, and you know, I, I worked with people. I, I did some training. I coached them. They've, they, you know, you know, kaizen as a methodology has sort of you know taken off and spread uh, through the organization. And I've kept in touch with them and. You know, uh, you know, there's been a, a pretty good mentoring relationship where I think part of it is them making the effort to reach out. And, I, and this is where I think maybe it's a little bit different and, and, and feel free you know, to challenge me back on this. I think yeah. there's a difference between teacher, learner and, and mentoring where I've had a different situation here in San Antonio where I got introduced to somebody at, um, say, a, a free healthcare clinic had a couple of really wonderful discussions with the executive director of this group of you know, wanting to learn, of going with me to Toyota with a group of healthcare students. And, you know, she, she was, you know, putting some effort into it. But then there was some more detailed work um, around process improvement and, and things where she was sort of, you know, hand, you know, trying to hand me off to um, somebody who worked for her. And I came in and met with her and and that you know, and frankly like i've you know and i tried following up and at some point i just basically gave up and I, and my my conclusion was well i guess for whatever reason they either don't want the help or they don't think i'm the person to help them they're, they're not giving me permission to mentor so at some point i just thought well what can i do i gave up uh, do, do you think i'm wrong or what, what's what are your reactions to to that <laughs> well i'm not going to say you're wrong mark because uh, i've seen um, well, if you think I'm wrong, here's a chance to give me that, uh, you know, to be courageous and give me that feedback. I'm, oh, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm often wrong. So I know I'm, I'm honestly curious what you think. Did I give up too easily or what? what, what do you, I mean, I'm giving well, you a glimpse into the situation. Yes. So I that was well, a good description of the the circumstance that you found yourself in. So let me give feedback based on the other extreme. So I give the extreme. Well, the other end of the spectrum. Uh, so uh, the, my, my initial comment was there's no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher. However, in the other spectrum, there is a limitation to our influence. Mm -hmm. So I forget which famous politician, it could be Abraham Lincoln, that said in terms of the limits of our influence, that the person that you want to develop, uh, you desperately want to see grow, or um, you, you, at, a lot of the times you're not the right person at the right time for that person person no matter what you could be the world's greatest sensei <laughs> all the lean wisdom poured into in between your ears but it doesn't work because you're not the right person at the right time 
And in a way, you're kind of doing injustice to that person by kind of pushing, mm. knowing that yeah. there's a limit. So for uh, a practical example, maybe from the corporate world, so I'm, I guess, I'm still in my early 30s. So for me, to there's a limitation how I can advise uh, a senior executive. Uh, just because of my limits in my experience and also because of maybe there could be cultural reasons. So yeah. you, you could have the knowledge, you could have the wisdom, but because of you did not have context, it almost dis not disqualifies you, but there's a limit to um, who you can influence. And sure. having that awareness and realizing, actually, no, I'm not going to pursue this person is... Oh, is a, is a strength to have as a mentor as well. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but there is, uh, I think my single observation, there's certain people that, that Mark Graben can't get to, yeah. just like the certain people Michael Grogan can't get to. Sure. And sure. maybe the example you gave was one of them, for whatever reason. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm not you know, saying that, that you know, uh, it's probably a matter of circumstances. Or, or yeah. maybe maybe I di didn't articulate clearly enough how I thought I was able to help, but uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll keep reflecting on that. But as as we wrap as we start to wrap up here, um, we had one other topic we we're going to talk about. You had some thoughts about uh, some practical tips that you thought would be helpful for people who uh, are, are trying to be better mentors. If if you want to share those, yes. Um, so I'll, I'll share. I've got. I think I've got three that I'd like to share, uh, my top three, and I would also like to hear your thoughts on this, Mark, since it's a dual conversation. So number one, which I've already touched on before, but it really is that personal um, statement, commitment from your, the mentor to say, I will take 100% responsibility for this relationship as far as I go. I, if it's not working, the first place I look is within me. Just like if you're trying to um, share an idea with them and they're not getting it, you don't jump to the conclusion, oh, they're idiots. <laughs> no, you first, okay, wait, wait a second, how did I describe that? You, so it's all internal reflection before you start questioning if they're the right person for you to be mentoring. So number one is take 100% responsibility for the relationship. Number two is feedback. Um, there was a Ken Blanchard who said feedback is the breakfast of champions. So I, I could, I've learned so much from just asking colleagues um, feedback on how I'm performing. So I'll give two options of questions, two sets of questions people can ask. So to, in order to get this feedback, one is what I learned from Jack Canfield. He was the author of The Success Principles. So his one was go to the person, say out of 10, how would you rank our relationship? Or, or how, out of 10, how would you rank my performance as a mentor this last quarter? And essentially, they would give you their score. Let's they say they give you mark a seven. And then your counter would be, okay, what would it take for me to get a 10? Mm -hmm. So just two simple questions. And you can ask that not just in, in terms of professional, but you can ask that as a, to your wife, to your <laughs> business partner, to your, you know, your family members. To well, it, it, it sounds like uh, if you're familiar with net promoter score, that there's the idea here of the net mentor score. But... Uh, where, 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 where the, you can only send that so far because that question is, would you recommend me to others? And I'm, I'm, I, I want my wife to keep me instead of recommending <laughs> me to others. But I know what you mean. Like, yeah, kind of on on a scale one to ten, how are we doing? What can I do better? That's always important, uh, important feedback and discussion to have. 
Exactly, yeah. So I, I, feedback has been, because, you know, the eye can't see the eye. The certain behaviors that I do that I'm not aware is effective or ineffective, or in some cases, insulting to people. So uh, regularly asking feedback has been very powerful for me. And, of course, there's another way, way to phrase the same question is, if you were me, what would you do differently? Yeah. If you, and the, the, it just is such an empowering question for the other person. If the right, once again, in the right, you set it up in the right way. Yeah. Uh, we could we could have an, a separate podcast about how to deliver feedback <laughs> and how to receive and give, etc. And my last point, number three, in the spirit of what this whole your whole podcast series is about, is well, it's kaizen, continuously, mm-hmm. um, constant, never-ending improvements. And for me, what, how I've learned a lot about uh, mentoring is actually you know reading what's out there and what listening to podcast. I've listened. Okay, I'm going to embarrass you now, Mark, but I probably listened to over a hundred of your podcasts over the last probably three years that when I made this commitment, you know, I, I, I want to learn as much about this subject as I possibly can. And I, I haven't been sitting down and just listening to it. It's always right. been while I'm driving, yeah. while I'm cooking, while I'm exercising. Um, so constantly and reading great novels out there on lean, whether it be from John Shooks managing to learn some of Michael Ballet's work. I love the way he does the novel, lead with respect, etc. Of course, your books there's just so much wisdom out there on that all we have to do is go and get. You know, success leaves clues, as Tony Robbins says, and there's so much wisdom, whether it be in video format, podcast format, or book format, for individual mentors, people who care about other people's developments, to go out there and, and to unlock this massive amount of wisdom that can really significantly help them make their mentoring relationships far more effective. Well, I think I think those are great tips. Uh, I know you were going to kind of turn that back on me. I, I I don't know how much more I have to share other than what I've uh, uh, already shared. But I, I'm going to do a blog post. Maybe I'll I'll leave it with the teaser here. I'm going to be writing a blog post with uh, together with Brian talking about the the, the two sides of our uh, mentoring relationship and and so maybe i'll i'll be able to reflect on that more um and uh, write something uh <laughs> instead of uh speaking so i think we'll i think we'll go ahead and uh rack up wrap up um here today but mike this has been a great discussion um uh, let, let's let's do this again on a, another theme or you know i think there's like you said there's so much more we could delve into such as you know how to give feedback and uh, yeah, maybe we can find another topic uh, to do something similar on. But, you know, for, for people who are listening, if they want to reach you and, uh, and find you online, what's the, uh, the best way for people to reach out if they have questions or stories or reflections they want to share? Yeah, I would welcome folks to re- reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm actually based in the Philippines. I'm, in, I'm making this call from Ireland right now. I'm visiting my family, but I, I am living full time in the Philippines now. So folks can reach out to me on LinkedIn on my website, um, which is com, And I would love to see any way that I can help our listeners because in a way I really believe, and I think, Mark, we're aligned here, that the secret to living is giving, that mm-hmm. I can get everything I want in life if I can just help enough people get what they want. And that's why I'm so passionate about mentoring, so passionate about what the lean is so effective at human development and the more we learn from us, the more we can give, and the more we'll have quality of life and make a huge impact on, the, on this world as I believe desperately, desperately needs it. 
Well, great, great point to end on. So, Mike, again, great, great talking to you. Thanks for uh, the work that you've done and, and for sharing that. Um, fascinating reading the, uh, the the Plant Lean article, everything else you've done. And, uh, you know, more importantly, thank you for being part of a great conversation today. My pleasure, Mark. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.